I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it is gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim, guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. And I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. Welcome to our first episode of going through the Dune books chronologically from the very beginning. Uh, this episode we're going to be reviewing the Butlerian Jihad. Uh, is that the way you pronounce it? I've always pronounced it the Butlerian Jihad. How, how would you pronounce it? Scott? The Butlerian Jihad. Butlerian Jihad? The Butlerian. Well, how was I saying? Butlerian. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're in our first argument. We haven't even started. <laughs> we haven't even started. <laughs> Jim, Jim you, how do you yeah, say it? Yeah, come on. You need to be the deciding factor. How do you pronounce the title of this book? Butlerian Jihad. I think okay. he agrees with you. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, you're out. I'm off the island. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, Scott gets up and marches out of the room. That's it. I'm done with this stinking podcast. <laughs> can't handle it. <laughs> we can't agree on how we pronounce things. <laughs> you know, before we get too far into this, we do have to thank you, you guys, you listeners, have been absolutely awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are we up to on our likes already? Uh, something like 75. And I mean, for a podcast that's just starting, let me tell you how long it took the Sci-Fi Diner to hit 75. It was a long time. Yeah. And so yes. you guys are great. Um, thank you for the conversations you've got us into already. And, um, and we've even had some people that have been helping us keep the spice flowing. So thank you. You know, who you are. Yeah. And, um, we do appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, uh, David, why don't you kind of give us an overview of what are we looking at as far as layout of the show tonight? Where are we headed so that listeners kind of have a, See, this is coming in from my menu. Let's come up with a menu of the show here at the Sci-Fi <laughs> Diner, right? But uh, what what are we kind of looking at tonight? So first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of our first impressions of the book, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like. Uh, then we'll probably get into talking about kind of what happened in this particular book, what kind of what happened in the story arcs, what things were starting up. And since this is the first book, we'll, you know, talk through some of the introduction stuff of like what certain things are that, you know, for next conversations, we can just gloss over. Uh, after that, we're going to talk about our favorite characters and quotes. Uh, and we'll follow that up with some listener feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe even some, what, what's going to happen next? Uh, yeah. Skepticism. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of that. We should probably let our listeners know when we're planning on recording our next one. So this would be the machine crusade. Mm-hmm. The second book would be the next book that we're, tackling so if you're following along that's the second book that's the one that we're going to be read the second book in the what is this trilogy called this trilogy is called legends of dune thank you i knew i knew it and just forgot it there for a moment but the second book we're going to try to do our next podcast december 12th 
And, um, and so if you're reading along, that gives you kind of a, or you're reviewing or going back and revisiting the book, maybe hating the book again. We're going to be uh, talking about it on December 12th. That's at least our goal date. Yeah. So please, if you want us to talk about what you think of the book, definitely go ahead and leave us comments either on Facebook or email us at dunesaka podcast at gmail.com. And you can also call in, and the yeah. call-in number is? 1-888-508-4343. Now, we share that call-in with the Sci-Fi Diner, so when you call in and it's, you hear Scott's voice right away, don't get uh, freaked out. In a moment, you'll hear my voice and probably get really happy. So. Right, right, right. Because, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't get happy when they hear your voice? It's like, it's like feasting on spice. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's like feasting on spice, hearing your melodious voice. <laughs> Well, Jim, let's, let's let's start out with you. What were your impressions of reading this book? Well, I I liked the way the book was put together. First of all, with the short chapters, it made it a lot a lot of fun to read. It kept things moving a lot. Um, I loved the origin stories, especially the origin story with Salim, and um, it seems like we're getting uh, some history on the Fremen. I really like the uh, Benny Gesserit beginnings, all those origin things. I just love that stuff. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you on that. Uh, I think one of the things that I enjoy about the Dune books in general, and especially the Frank Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson ones, is that they. <clears throat> did you just say Frank Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson? I ones? did. I did. Oh my god! Listeners gosh. are checking out of this yeah, show already. Like, click, click, click. I'm <laughs> out. These guys even know who wrote this book. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. Uh, the thing that I like is that the, the chapters are so short, and it, like it keeps the the stories moving really, really fast. And like, because you're like, oh, I want to know what happens. But wait, here's something else that I want to know that happens. It's totally different. Uh, I got to get through this to get to the next one. Yes. So. Yeah, the other thing that I I really enjoyed was the uh, switch about with uh, Harkonnen and Atreides. The Atreides was the evil one, and the Harkonnen was the good one. Uh, that was that was very ironic and grabbed my attention right away too. Now, when you're saying switch about, is that a switch from the original trilogy? Mm-hmm. Right, uh, because as you recall, the Atreides were the good guys, and the Harkonnens were the bad guys. Yeah, I actually, it's been, again, it's been so long since I've read them that I'm like, well, you could tell me anything about the original trilogy. I probably believe you because it's been a long time and I haven't taken the time to go back and review them. I'm going to kind of, you know, approach it kind of as a fresh read when I get to it in this podcast. I I think later in the show when we talk about uh, the criticisms, uh, I'll probably talk about more of things that reflect the back to the original series that – I liked or didn't like yeah. uh, a little bit more, uh, just because I know that that's a big that's a big spot of contention, right? So yeah, and see, and, and I'm going to be honest, you know, going right into this, I do not remember the original series. I read it in high school, so we're talking like 20 years ago, and I've encountered, I've gone through a crap load of other books since then, and and I just don't, I don't retain. I read stories, I know, I know a basic premise of it. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't retain the details of that storyline as, as much. Um, so for me, when I approached this book, like Jim said, I really enjoyed the origin story, uh, that we're getting for a lot of these characters, the beginning of, you know, Salim and, um, and the Fremen and, and the, the jihad and the beginning of that, even the beginning of the, um, the Bene Jesuits. 
you know, it's just, it's just a, there's some really beautiful moments in this story. And there's some pretty appalling moments in this story that we're going to get into, I'm sure. Um, and I agree the shortness of the chapters was awesome. I listened to, I listened to this book. And so I did it running a lot and kept me engaged. I wanted to go out and run all the time and, you know, and, you know, run my marathons and everything else I do. And, and it was just entertaining. And then I switched, I've been switching between this book and Robert Jordan's wheel of time series. Well, his chapters are like, I don't know, eons long. It takes you forever to get through <laughs> them. So totally. And I kind of like what Brian Herbert and, and Kevin J. Anderson did with the shortness of these chapters to kind of keep the story moving. My impressions of the book, I having read it before, um, and I'll talk about it later. I, I, it was it was like going against the grains for me, but I still enjoyed it before. But this time, I enjoyed it a lot more because I, I had not forgotten the story, but I'd been so removed from it that the little things weren't weren't bugging me. And one of the things that uh, I really enjoyed this time around that I didn't like before is that we had Earth uh, as one of the planets involved. And uh, one of part of the charm for the original series when I read it is. It was humans, but you didn't know if it was like a Star Wars-ish kind of thing long, long time ago in a galaxy far away or our future because there was no Earth. And I think it was until later until in the in the series that they actually even mentioned like the, the myth of Earth or anything. Uh, so I really enjoyed seeing that and be like, okay, this is what happened to our society. And this is kind of like where things went and. Uh, another thing that I picked up on this read through that I hadn't picked up before is each chapter started off by a quote and the I quote, that. yeah, Man, so, the quotes were awesome. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the quotes are, are from books and, uh, you know, like memoirs and, and recorded things that the main, the characters in the stories had said that isn't in the story, like not quotes that you'll read later. And one of the things that I notice is it starts off, the book starts off in a, in a, in a, as we'll talk about in a little bit here, uh, you know, society is taken over by machines, basically. So it starts off basically like, uh, scolding us for the machines. And then it, and then it kind of, the quotes go on about how we need to override, like come rise up above the machines and how that's so oppressive and kind of what the machines think of us, uh, some machine quotes in there and stuff. And then at the end, it almost starts pointing out man's flaws of freedom. And I thought that was really interesting because all, all during the book, it's like, ah, oh, we got to break free freedom this, or this is what, this is what the machines think of us and how they are oppressing us. And then all of a sudden, after the freedom starts to happen, the quotes start to be like, this is why we aren't able to manage ourselves. This is why we fell into being under control by the machines and that kind of stuff. So I thought that was a really, uh, really cool the way they did that. Oh, no, I agree. I so. agree. I like the quotes. Very good quotes. Yeah. How did you, we mentioned that the chapters are short and it reads quick. How did the story itself feel to you as you, as you guys read it? I mean, what did you, what did you think of the way it felt as a novel, as put together as, as a story? Now I disagree. I don't think that it reads fast. Maybe you listen fast. But no, maybe. Well, I, I was thinking because the uh, chapters are short. Yeah. I think the story does pick up as you go, but because there's so much background we're developing, the beginning parts especially a little bit slower. Yeah. Not that the chapters are longer at that point, but there's a lot of information you're digesting. And I would look and be like, I only read that many pages. Like I feel like I just 
was been reading for like forever and I didn't cover that much just because it's a lot to retain. It was, it was very, very detailed and a person really had to pay attention to this. The short chapters were really convenient for me, uh, because, uh, I have a short time during lunch when I can read. So I, I, I would stop and read a chapter. But, you know, for me at least, it was really, really difficult to put the book back down. I wanted to keep on reading. <laughs> well, that's a good thing then. Yes. Even reading the second, second time, I was the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like it felt as I was reading the book, like it felt like, yes, it's the origin because again, when I, like I've acknowledged before, it's been so long since I read the original Dune. This felt like a fresh and a different story, just in the new, just like in the Dune universe. Um, and so when I read it, I was like, I didn't wasn't familiar with any of the characters. I vaguely remembered the house names. So I knew there was a connection to that. Um, but it felt like a complete story, you know, and a story that was building up. And as you got more into it, you didn't want to put it down. You wanted to see what happened in the next chapter with either the characters. You wanted them to flip back to another character. And whenever I get to the end of a chapter and I either, A, I want to find out what happens next, and then they leave me hanging and I'm back to another character that I care about and want to find out what happened with them, that's a good sign to me. It shows that I'm engaged. I'm hooked. I'm hooked into the story. Um, and I'm enjoying the story. And it doesn't mean the story's perfect. It just means that it's, it's hooking me. It's doing the job and functioning like a story, story should for me, at yeah. least in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, I'll have, I have to admit, I was a little apprehensive about starting to read, read this story because I had heard an awful lot of negative, uh, about the Brian Herbert, Kevin Anderson books, uh, which was really unfortunate. Um, I thought it was a lot better than what, what a lot of the reviews and what people had told me that they just weren't worth reading. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I got in on this. Yeah. I'm enjoying, uh, just talking to some people, uh, about starting these books who hadn't really gotten into Dune before and a couple that had I, I spoke with uh, one of our listeners Roland Smoker and he, he was just saying he's just like I'm instantly captivated by this universe he's like not even uh, he's like even if this wasn't Dune I'd be I'd be loving this book it's just I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, what's going on here and I think that that's you know a lot of people hold Dune so high that it's, it's hard to compare it to anything you know it, they're such cerebral books but uh, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson are not Frank Herbert. And, you know, they don't have the experience of create, they didn't create this world. So it's not going to be the same to them. They just have to focus on writing a good story. So it's not going to be quite as deep or cerebral as, as Frank Herbert stuff, but it can still be really solid, good science fiction. Well, and it, and it has those moments, like some of the quotes make you think, make you think about how this connects into our society today. And we'll get to that maybe discussing a little bit later. But for me, it's a good story. I'm reading, I, I'm not reading this for a philosophical treatise on the environment or who we are necessarily as human beings, but it does comment on those things. And maybe it's a book that's really written for people today. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. Do you have any favorite quotes that you or any any anything that was said that wasn't story uh, story sensitive in the book uh, that just really stuck out to you, Jim? I put one on my blog. I let me let me go to that. Okay. And- and look it up. I can't, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Yeah. While he's looking that up, I had one. I like the, um, uh, I like the quote. I think they start out, um, to the way it says when humans created the computer with the ability to collect information and learn from it, they signed the death warrant of ma- ma- mankind. Yeah. And, and I have to think as we're with it, and that was said by sister Becca, the finite, uh, but, but he, I had to think, you know, with the data collection centers we're talking about in the U.S. and the NSA spying on everyone and, you know, Google collecting every piece of information you ever searched, that all we need to do is teach them to collect and the fact that they can learn. We're missing one component and this, we're kind of here, you know? Yeah. And, and so I thought that was very poignant, especially in light of what's going on in our world. I don't have, I can't remember any specific ones. I, I posted a couple on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash dude saga podcast, where, uh, <laughs> some of the ones that stuck out to me while I was reading. What I really enjoyed is what I talked about earlier is about how, where the quotes kind of changed where they were looking. So the ones that I remember the most or enjoyed the most came from Barbarossa, where he was, oh, yeah. he was talking about, why humanity had grown complacent and, and what the faults of humanity in general were outside of just the machines, why they were able to be taken over by machines and the mistakes yeah. that we make over and over and over again, because we want to be complacent. Yeah. Jim, did you find that quote? I did is indeed. Um, and this one kind of stuck out to me a little bit because it was during the government shutdown. Uh, as a matter of fact, the whole, the whole book kind of, resonated with that for me but this quote in particular um learn from the past don't wear it like a yoke around your neck hmm. yeah yeah that is a good one that is a good quote and how did that line into the government shut down for you um well that we we haven't learned from the past and and we continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again um, and we, we, we remember the past, we talk about it, we teach about it in our schools, uh, we, we dwell on it all the time, but we don't actually learn from the past. Right. Right. I, I often think of the, uh, the paradoxical quote, you know, we learn from history that we do not learn from history. And it's kind of that, that, that whole feel. I think that that quote is great because it yeah kind of foreshadows uh, themes from later in the series. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I also love the one quote. This is by Premier Butler. It says, owing to the seductive nature of machines, we assume that technological advances are always improvements and always beneficial to humans. And I think about that, you know, as we move forward. I mean, we're in a we're in a world where like. Every other day, a new social media is coming out, or there's new technology, or there's a new phone, or we're developing faster computers, or different tech, or different ways that we can surveil each other. And and I love, I absolutely love technology. But the, the flip side of that, I look at that and saying, well, what are we locking ourselves into here? You know, in the long yeah. run, how is this impacting? Uh, I just look at. I just look at cell phones. Take cell phones, for example, and the way they're impacting 
the students at school and um, you see these memes that kind of cross come across Facebook or like zombie apocalypse. And it's a bunch of students walking down the road with looking at cell phones, you know, and there's a sense of humor with that, but there's also a sense of reality of that, that, that is really changing the face of our culture and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of look at this and say, wow, you know, there's that, that quote really hit me. Cause I think about that a lot, you know, and there are a lot of movies that have kind of dealt with that as well, but. Well, let's get into the feedback on this book uh, a little bit here. Uh, what did we hear from our audience? Let's talk kind of what they had to say. And then I'll, I'll read uh, a few select Goodreads reviews uh, that, uh, and by select, I mean bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, let me just say this before we get into that. My overall impression of the book, if we were to rate this out of five stars, this is a good four-star book for me. And I know that Dune Purist may not agree with me, but I'm coming, again, having not read the original Dune, you know, in a long time. So for me, this is like, like I haven't really watched the original Star Trek series, but I watched Next Gen and I love Next Gen, and so I've always been hesitant to go back to the original series. I'm kind of that way with this a little bit, I'm, though I'm heading that way. So as I look at this book, before we get into the listener feedback, as I look at this book, for me, the storyline, how considering how engaging it was, the fact that I read it a second time almost within a month of reading it the first time, which I virtually never do, and I enjoyed it almost as much the second time as I enjoyed it the first time, I have to give this book about a four out of five, which may cause Dune Puris to uh, maybe cringe a little bit. Um, but for me, being so far removed from the original Dune series, uh, I just really enjoyed – it was a good story um, with some good plot characters I cared about, moments that that – that made me react that I was appalled by. And I just really, really enjoyed it. So I gave it a four out of five. Jim, how about you? Uh, I'm not, not real good into the, into the four out of five, five out of five star kind of thing. I'm more of a pass fail kind of guy as a, as a music teacher. Um, this story for me passed. The story was good. Uh, I was engaged with it. I enjoyed it. It, uh, it, it moved me emotionally. It entertained me. Um, I, I just thought it was very, very good. I think that I would probably give it 3.5. I'm not quite up there on the four. As far as an independent book, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. I might give it a four. The reason I'm holding back is because I know there are other Dune books that I want to give higher ratings in this book, and I don't want to be fighting and, and have everything really skewed up. As well as I know there's there are other books that are kind of not bad but mediocre, so 3.5 is kind of good because I can give a 3.25. See, you, you have the luxury of that. I didn't read any of the books. <laughs> so for me, I'm going to say, like, oh, this is the best book ever, and I'll get to the next one. Oh, this is the best book ever. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's going to be like 4.5, 4.5, yeah, right, all right. the way through really skewing our our, 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 our rating system. Yeah. So leave it to me to mess it up. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I just, I just hate to take the first book and, and say something about it, about being the greatest book I've ever read and then come up upon something that's better. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so let's get into some feedback here. And, um, we got a, we got some emails in and then some people that have mentioned us on, on Facebook and, um, 
This is from Terry, and he's just writing in general about the Dune universe. And um, and he wrote it in a couple times, but I'm going to read his second email. He says, uh, I always enjoyed the complexity of the Dune universe. I realize that there are purists who don't feel that the Kevin Anderson, Brian Herbert books really fit, but I'm not one of them. I think that one of the I think the new books provide additional context which make the originals both more understandable and more importantly richer. During my career I've used lessons I learned from the series in both my management style as well as teaching and mentoring employees at all levels of the organization. I realize that much of this is common sense, although that usually is in short supply. Here are the specifics. Number 1, the law of unintended consequences. The Fremen Jihad after Paul toppled the Emperor. Be careful what you wish for. You might get it. Uh, two, mentoring. Gurney and Duncan mentoring Paul. Uh, interesting as well was the relationship between Paul and Yui. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. It does, it does fit the mentoring definition, but in a negative way. One can learn from both good mentor and a bad mentor. Three, understanding the importance of history within the organization and life. There's an old saw. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it, which is kind of the quote that Jim pulled out. Uh, the entire cycle of revenge, Canley, is a good example. Since typically history is written by the victors, one is never certain what actually happened, which is what we see kind of here with the Vorian Atreides learning about his father and his own version of history versus the humanities. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and four, goal setting, lots of examples. Ben and Jezzer quest to develop the Kwisak Haderach. Uh, Baron Harkin's quest for revenge against Atreides, the Golden Path, etc., etc. As a sci-fi junkie, Dune has been very inspiring. Like Skylark, Lensman series by E. Smith, Foundation Trilogy, Cities in Flight by James Blish, Clark's Rama books, and Heinlein's Future Histories, which wouldn't wouldn't it be great to have dinner with Lazarus Long? It paints a picture of amazing depth, clarity, and richness. From the first time I read the serials in analog through each original book and the assorted prequels and sequels, I found an incredibly interesting universe. The storyline and characters are compelling. I'm looking forward to your next podcast. I hope I can learn from others who enjoy the Dune universe as much as I. Terry. So thanks, Terry, for writing in. Any uh, thoughts about what he's saying here? Yeah, I have to agree that it is, it's, it is very inspiring. It also, uh, causes us to have to look inside ourselves. I can remember the first time I read the book and that was as a consequence of seeing the movie. Um, the, the first Dune movie, I read the book. Uh, the movie didn't do anything for me, but, but the book really did. Uh, caused me to look at myself, look at the way we treat our world, look at the way we treat each other. Um, I would say yes, most definitely inspiring. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the things that I used to put in my uh, syllabus at the beginning of the year, I'm a school teacher by day and, and I, I used to put on the Bene Jesuit litany against fear or litany. Yeah. I think it's called litany against fear. And mm-hmm. that used to always be a part of it because, you know, it says so much about, Facing your fears as you come to a new class, et cetera, et cetera. And I just kind of use that. And I think when he talks about these, when you read these books, there's a way that they do leave an impression on you that many times, whether or not directly, they, they impact your life just beyond the book. And I think that's the power of Dune in general. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Uh, when I first read the original series, it was during, um, 
a pivotal point in my life where I was dealing with, you know, where does religion and uh, politics, where do they mix? And uh, it just kind of influenced a lot of my opinions at the time. Yeah. And I'll never forget, like, some of the stuff that I had never thought of that reading these books kind of opened my mind yeah. to questioning, not that they necessarily made my mind up for me, but, you know, they made me think. Yeah. Some other feedback we got. Patrick B. said, look forward to the podcast, gentlemen. Should be fun to break the books down and get a different perspective. Also appreciate the timeline approach. So monthly on the podcast for an hour, huh? Yeah, we'll probably approach close to an hour, maybe a little bit over here. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, and the bridge to Rethgear plug does. He had a little bit of write-up on his blog, so I wanted to give him a thumbs up for sharing that as well. But that's yeah. about the listener feedback we got. And so let's talk about what how some other people – who may who maybe didn't like it? Let's kind of respond. Okay, so now let me give you my impression reading it the first time through. It was hard for me, and the reasons it was hard for me, and why I can relate to what these people are saying to a degree, is because there are things that happen in these books that are origin stuff, which is, is things that Jim and, and Scott are really enjoying at this moment. That ha- when you read the original series, there's big mysteries built up around these things. And some of that origin stuff kind of takes away that mystery, or at least gives you the idea that if you were to read them in order, that mystery would be a little bit gone because you'd know things about things that were about to happen. I think because of how long it takes to read, I think it'll be fine. But uh, I can understand going back. That was what really upset me about these things. Uh, and the addition, of, like I said of earlier, of actually knowing what happened to Earth kind of took some of the mysticism away. So on Goodreads, the book gets 3.5 out of 5. So they agree with you. Yeah, they yeah. do. Well, okay, so there are some really bad ones here. So I'm going to read some one-star ones and some low ones. Uh, a gentleman by the name who goes by Peter on Goodreads says, Recommend it for anyone lacking a cerebral cortex. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Liz says she recommends it for my worst enemy. Uh, she also wrote it in here. She, she says, uh, the $7 I spent on for this book would have been better used buying a cup of battery acid to pour into my eyes. Whew, harsh stuff. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, here's, here's one that, uh, a, a, that has a little bit more to it here. Gerald writes, Rating it at one star, an abomination that should never have been written, which is true of all the Herbert Jr. and Anderson have contributed to the Dune series. Putting aside the pedestrian writing, the authors have failed entirely to capture the complexity of Frank Herbert's universe, characters, and ideas. They seem incapable of subtlety. Nothing is implied. Everything is stated. They do tell a story, but with none of the sophistication of the original. Life is far too short to be wasted reading this money-spinning insult to the memory of Frank Herbert. Ooh, let's talk about that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, pedestrian? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, does he mean that this is just typical storytelling at this point? Is that kind of what he seems to be hitting at? Well, again, it goes back to what I said earlier, where they're not Frank Herbert, so they don't have all of his ideas to pull off of. You know, they're kind of filling in the blanks. Mm. So, so you know, they can't give you all that subtlety because they're not him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you want more Frank Herbert books, then go make a time machine and keep him alive forever or something mm. to write. Uh, turn him into a, a, a cogitor or whatever they call it. Yeah, the, the cogitors. Brain, cogitors, yeah. yeah. Uh, so... 
I can understand what you're saying because I felt that when I read these and I read the house books, which they wrote before these. I was just kind of like, ah, man, like this isn't the same. It just feels simpler, simpler. That kept coming across my mind, simpler. But when you take some time away and you come back to it, it is a good story. It is a good sci-fi story. It keeps going. Yes, it's not the same as what we're going to get into later. And we might run into some of that like jarringness when we read the books that are in between books, you know, uh, Paul of Dune and Winds of Dune. But that's going to, we're going to experience that for all that it is and like kind of what's going on there. So I can understand where he's coming from. I think he's a little too harsh, but you know, everyone's open to their opinions and that's what's great about the world. Jim, what are your thoughts about what this review said? Yeah, I I don't know. I I really think uh, feel like it was kind of unfair, but then again, it reminds me of what's going on right now. Okay, you have original Star Trek, you have JJ Star Trek, and uh, you know the new the new Trek is new Trek. It's that's it. That's what we're going to get. The books that. Um, Herbert and Anderson are, have written and are writing. You, you cannot compare them to, uh, Frank Herbert's books because as David said, it is not Frank Herbert's writing. It is these other gentlemen writing. And I think they're, um, being very respectful, at least in this first book that we've read. And, and telling the story and all those things that were left out before that there just wasn't room for because Frank Herbert's books were moving forward. Well, we're, we're going back and, and reviewing and learning what happened before. Um, I, I just think that that was kind of unfair. And also the battery acid one was not very fair either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking down through some of these others and there's just, um, some of them are saying there's continue out, continue it, continuation issues in it that don't line up. Do you, can you speak to that at all? I mean, is there a continuation issue? I think some of the continuation issues that, that come up come later. And that, I think that's mostly with. So we'll get to that. Yeah. I think it's mostly that stuff I was talking about where it kind of gives things mm-hmm. away and takes the mystery out. But in 10,000 years, society forgets. Yeah. Uh, here's another one that's absolutely terrible. It read like bad fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, yeah, not getting that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not getting. And I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, here's the thing. I enjoyed it as an origin story. I, I like this story. I, but again, I wonder if coming at it, not being, having never, like I never completed the first seven books or six books that were in Frank Herbert's universe. Like I read the first three and that was ages ago. So I came into it. This was like a new world to me. I don't have that framework. And it'll be interesting when I hit the original books, how I feel about them. Coming in on the heels of having just read Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert's books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that perhaps what is putting folks off of, uh, Brian and Kevin's books are that they aren't quite as cerebral? They aren't quite as, uh, philosophical or they don't go into so much, as much deep thinking as Frank Herbert's books do. And that's what's putting them off. 
Well, I think that that comes through in some of the reviews that they just aren't. They they lack the complexity. They lack the philosophical and the sophistication of Frank Herbert. Yeah. Um, and um, so I think that, that that is one of the items that people are kind of citing as a thing that really kind of puts them off for it. But yeah, I you know I think I think you're onto it there, Jim. I think that's that's pretty much what it is. But. Yeah. You know, it's it's different writers. It's just not going to be the same. Yeah. And just because something's not cerebral doesn't make it less of a decent thing. Yeah. It just makes it different. Different, and yeah. It's like, so you can't expect, you know, the uh, the son to do, to write exactly like the father. You yeah. Know? And maybe that's part. But. Well, let's, uh, speculation for the next book. Let's kind of, as we wrap things up here, uh, we will be re- recording for the next book, The Machine Crusade, on December 12th. So, again, make sure to get your feedback in so we can talk about it on the show uh, by December 12th. And we will talk. You can do that from uh, Podcast at gmail.com, as well as our Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast, as well as the voicemail, which is... one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. So, anyway, what do you think is going to happen... In the universe to come. Now, I know you couldn't help yourself, Scott, and you read ahead. I did. I read The Machine Crusade. Like, instantly, from what right, I understand. Right. So I just went right into it. Right. Yeah. So that's a, this is really not a fair question. Okay. Unless you go beyond that. Yeah. Which um, – I don't think you can do at the point where we are now without no, spoiling stuff. No, no, I can't. So, so Jim, how about you? Uh, did you read The Machine Crusade yet? Uh, no, I have not. So I guess the question falls to you. What do you uh, – what are you hoping gets answered? Where do you hope they take the story from here on out? Well, <laughs> I'm sure the, the machines are going to try to make a comeback. Um, I would like to see a little more about, about Atreides and Harkonnen. I would like to see a little more about what went wrong between those two, uh, houses. Um, I'm, Really uh, looking forward to the origin story of the Spacing Guild. Um, I don't know if all that's going to take place this soon, but um, those are some of the things I'm looking forward to. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't remember everything, but I'm looking forward to the same as well as the spice and how that's going to fit into the world. Is that going to play into how the humans are able to defeat the machines or not? Like what, what's, what's the, what's going on there? So. No, I, I agree. I think those are, those are good things to be uh, looking forward to as we head into the, the upcoming books. Yeah. Into it. So this whole folding space technology, how's that going to play out? Um, How's that going to be developed even in the subsequent books? I guess the question I have, and I don't remember this in the, in the Dune, in the Dune books, the original ones, did they have that? Yes. They did. So that, that was developed by that time, but how that progression happens. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. But, um, and also we, you know, we kind of, when we leave the books, Arena's kind of in a funk. Where does that take us in the next book? Yeah. How is she going to lead or what's, is is or is she uh, gonna lead? Yeah, is she gonna lead? Is uh Iblis uh Jingo Ginjo is Iblis Ginjo gonna be a leader or a nuisance? You know, is he gonna 
fall to the pressures of all these new luxuries he has, or is it, will he be able to make a difference? It's gonna, will Xavier and Vorian be able to work together in, uh, in the future? What's gonna happen there? Because we know, as, as Jim just mentioned, there's a huge rift between their family when we come back 10,000 years later. Yeah. Uh, you know, generational continuing rift, so. Yeah. Well, anything else we need to talk about tonight? I am looking forward to continuing doing this. this is very excited for tonight. I think we have great audience, great listeners. You know, you guys have been super supportive and I just want to thank you again for all your feedback and everything you've been doing to encourage us uh, as we begin this journey. And I look forward to our continued interactions. And if there is anything that, as we talked about the book, you said, well, I wish these guys would have addressed that. Uh, Write in, let us know, and we will, uh, and we'll talk about it on our next show. We'll, we can always go back to the prior books and give a little bit of feedback to that and give you some other thoughts. Or is there something you wish you would have, we would have talked about that we didn't or that, we, that you want us to talk about in the next book? Please let us know. Please absolutely let us know. Well, I guess as we head out, we should give people where they can find us again. All right. You can find us at the dunesagapodcast.com on the interwebs. Or you can email us at Dune Saga Podcast at gmail.com. And why don't you have a look at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Dune Saga Podcast. If you'd like to send us voicemail, you can call your comments into 1 508 4343. Very good. And uh, we are on Twitter as well, Dune Saga Podcast, right? Yeah, that's so right. People can interact with us there as well. All right. Well, I believe that about wraps up the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next month as we review The Machine Crusade. So once again, I'm David Moulton. And I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And may Shai Hulud clear the path before you.